Amen. Thank you for singing tonight. Did good. Sounded good. Psalm 134 in your songbooks. Uh, just reiterate, too, that the chili cook-off has been canceled, and so we're not going to be having that tomorrow, or Saturday. We're not going to have it tomorrow either, uh, but we're not going to have it Saturday. And uh, just make sure if there's anybody that you invited, they let, uh, let them know as well. Uh, Psalm 134 is the last of the songs of ascent, or songs of degrees. Uh, it was written to the priest and the Levites who served the temple at night. Uh, they were the servants of God uh, uh, in that day, uh, and they were chosen by God uh, by being placed in the lineage that they were t uh, in to serve the God full time. Uh, you could say, well, you know, they weren't chosen; they were just born into it. No, God chooses who to put in each family, and uh, God knows exactly who is going to be where before they even exist. And uh, so, they were chosen to serve. Uh, today we have pastors who serve often night and day to meet the needs of the churches. Um, <coughs> scriptures are clear that God's people are to hold their pastors in high esteem. And not because of who I am or who any pastor is, but because of the office. And I say, don't say this with pride, uh, but actually uh, it's a very humbling and unworthy statement of fact uh, from God's word. Whenever you read things about uh, the verses that talk about the role of the pastor, it's always a very humbling thing uh, to read. And uh, I don't think, uh, I think I read a statistic actually today that said that 98% um, of pastors uh, do not uh, feel that they are, I can't remember how it's worded now, but something about they, uh, they, they feel that they're not worthy of being, in the, not as in I'm not worthy to be a pastor, but as in, I'm not good enough to do this. I, you know, it was like an insecurity type thing. It was an extremely high number of pastors that feel like, uh, you know, it's almost like imposter syndrome. You know, where you, you know, where you think they got the wrong guy, but I'm not going to tell anybody <laughs> type thing. And a big thing of that is it, it's got to be God. It has to be God. No one is able to do something like this. And uh, no one is able to. And uh, you have to rely on God. I worry about the 2% to be honest with you, I think, I've got this, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, you assume that's probably not the, the, what, the, what the other 2% is, but still, uh, you know, it's, it's a very high number, um, and it's a very humbling thing, but when Paul sent, uh, had sent Epaphroditus, a fellow laborer, to Philippi to help the church there, he told them in Philippians 2.29, receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such in reputation. And he told the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 12 and 13. He says, Then we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 5, 17, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who work labor in the word and doctrine. And most church members love their pastors and support them well. And I, I thank God for our church members and uh, faithful attenders here who have supported and loved me and my family on um, these almost four years that we've been here. And I, I have had nothing but, I uh, feel like nothing but support. Uh, even whenever uh, we make dumb decisions like planning a chili supper in the middle of the summer. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, it's about had nothing but support since I've been here. And... Uh, 
you know, and I appreciate that. And we don't know if the honeymoon stage is over yet or we're still waiting for that thing. But we just assume that y'all are just really good people and just very patient. And uh, but y'all have always done very good. But sadly, some who profess to know Christ uh, uh, still decide to disobey these commands. They criticize and they gossip and they malign the pastors and even their families and treat them very disrespectfully. And I think the Lord, those are far and few between in our church. And, uh, you know, and I know that there's probably something that I don't ever hear, you know, and that's just the nature of humanity, right? Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm grateful that I, I truly believe it's the vast majority have always supported us and helped us. And I believe your previous pastors too. Uh, but even the most supportive church member can forget the pastor as a person. And uh, be careful not to put your pastors on a pedestal and expect them that never to fail, because uh, they will fail, and I will fail, and uh, you know, I will uh, do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing at times, and uh, I'm human. And uh, any pastor that stands in a pulpit, you can't put them on a pedestal to think, yes, they are to be a, an ex to live an example, and they have a higher responsibility before God than anyone else. Uh, but they are human. And uh, it, what happens is when we put them on a pedestal, we put too much weight on them and depend upon that so much as an example that when they do fail, we fall. And <coughs> maybe not in the same way, but we struggle with it. And we uh, end up sometimes becoming bitter. And, but not only that, but we tend to forget that they too need the same things that we need. Uh, they need appreciation and affirmation and encouragement uh, to continue doing what the Lord has called them to do. And they suffer with discouragement just like anyone. And here in Psalm 134, we know as a song of, uh, as, as a song of degree, it was sung by the pilgrims as they traveled to and from the feasts, uh, mostly to the feast. But this song stands out from the rest of them as it was often sung as they departed from the temple after the feast was over. Now let's read it together, Psalm 134. Uh, it says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord hath made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. One commentary said, Imagine the beautiful scene that might have been the setting for singing Psalm 134. The feast had come to an end, and the people filed out of the temple to return to their homes, tired but overflowing with joy. They looked back on the equally exhausted ministers who remained behind in the temple. Their day was not over, for the worship of God continued around the clock. Uh, out of their zeal for the Lord and gratitude to these dedicated servants, the people encouraged them to continue praising God with all of their might in verses 1 and 2. And then they prayed for the Lord to bless his faithful ministers in verse 3. And although it, it is easy to apply this psalm to our pastors uh, only, we need to remember that it was written for the priests in the temple, and we are all priests of God now. Uh, psalm, uh, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, <coughs> that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And that verse is written to all of the church, and everyone is the royal priesthood if you are saved. <clears throat> we have that right to come before the throne of God himself in the presence of God because of that priesthood. And uh, so truly this psalm applies to every one of us here. Uh, but I do want to focus on the pastors and spiritual leaders in this psalm as we go through it uh, here this morning. Uh, first of all, 
Uh, number one, we ought to encourage them to praise the Lord. Uh, it says, verse 1 and 2, it says, Behold, bless you the Lord, uh, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Uh, the worshipers, as they departed the temple, sang this encouragement to the priests that continued laboring in the temple throughout the night. And some cleaned the temple, I imagine, after the great festivals uh, where thousands gathered. Uh, and you can just imagine the mess. Um, I was just when I was studying for this and uh, thinking about the pro process of what it was and what they might have been doing, I just I couldn't help but think of EBS, you know, <laughs> uh, the mess we have to clean up every year, and uh, you know, and some stay to uh, would have to stay to do that, but some made preparations for the next day's activities in the temple, and then others uh, would uh, would be worshiping the Lord. As it was night and day, the Bible tells us there was worship in the temple. You know, there wasn't a festival every day. There was worship every day. Um, you know, I know after VBS, it was it's hard for me to jump back into my normal schedule um, after such an exhausting week and just kind of get you know get back to my what, whatever normal is. Uh, I, I had a teacher tell me that that uh, uh, the only thing that's normal is a setting on a dryer. You know, and uh, that's uh, the only thing that's normal. Uh, but there are there are things that need to be done. Uh, things that need to be cleaned, sermons that need to be studied for, and visits that need to be made. And uh, we can say, be so busy that we forget why we're doing it in the first place. God. It's all about Him. And we need to take time to bless the Lord. And uh, to bless the Lord means to praise Him. And uh, we need to be busy about that. And these people, as they left, encouraged the leaders to, and their, their priests to praise the Lord with a psalm. And it's easy to praise God when you're on a high of the mountaintop. Uh, but on the other side of that peak, as it starts going down into the valley, it gets more difficult. And uh, you ever had those where you have you build up and build up and build up to a big day, and uh, then all of a sudden it's over, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, and you're not only tired, but you're like, that's all? <laughs> you know, and day after Christmas is a big one, isn't it? When you have family over and such, and <coughs> when everybody leaves, you almost get depressed. And it's the way with, uh, you know, big things in the church as well. You know, you build up and build up and build up, and then afterwards you're not only exhausted, but you intend up, because of your exhaustion, fall into a type of depression. And uh, so it was important for these people to encourage the priests to keep their mind where it needed to be after these very busy times. And why is it important? Well, letter A, because they are God's servants. Uh, he says he calls them the uh, servants of the Lord. And now all of God's people are the servants of God. Uh, and that's not forget that. Uh, but the priests and the Levites served God in a very special way. And they were the ones in full-time ministry, if you will. And it was, it's vital that spiritual leaders not lose their uh, spiritual focus during the ending of these high times. Uh, and so praying for your spiritual leader and encouraging them uh, to keep their focus on God is, uh, and praising God is vital. And it's important to remember them. And remember it yourself as well as the servants of God yourself. And uh, be sure that you keep your focus in the right place. It's easy to let loose and uh, forget what you're supposed to be doing every day uh, to keep your mind right. Uh, but they, because they were God's servant, they need to be encouraged. Secondly, because they stand in the house of God. Uh, I don't ever want to lose sight of the privilege that I have to stand in the house of God and proclaim the truth of God. 
the priests had a privilege and a responsibility to oversee the worship of the Lord. They grew up into that system and were trained at a young age of what they needed to do, even if they didn't do it. And uh, they knew their role going forward and as they grew up. It's easy when you're born into service to lose sight of the privilege that you have of serving the Lord. Uh, it's easy for those who grow up in the church building, being their second home, uh, to become too familiar with the church building and lose, res lose the respect that it deserves. And it's something we try to impress upon our kids, you know, as well. And, you know, don't run in the church. <laughs> you know, don't run in the sanctuary and, you know, things like that. And uh, because we don't want them to lose the that. And uh, even kids who just attend church regularly tend to lose that focus. And uh, when we grow up serving the Lord, uh, if we are not careful, we can lose sight of how important it is and how special it is to have that privilege. Uh, and so uh, don't ever lose sight of how special this is to be able to serve the Lord in God's house for you. Uh, don't ever lose the privilege of that. And uh, that God gives you the chance to gather together and gives us a community, a family, to be able to encourage one another, but also to worship together. Uh, he has put us in a place together and fit us together perfectly as lively stones to build up this house that he has put together. And he has gifted us each with different gifts, and he has specifically picked you for that purpose. Don't ever lose sight of that. And uh, don't ever lose sight of the fact that God has chosen you to be here. And uh, we need to be busy doing what God has called us to do. Amen. And uh, then letter C, <clears throat> encourage them to praise the Lord because the Lord deserves praise. Amen. <coughs> he, he deserves it. He said in verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. There's no question uh, about why they should do this. Well, because he's God <laughs> and he deserves it. And not only that, but the word Lord there is, is the covenant name of God, Jehovah, the, by which he made his covenant uh, with his people. And it was a constant reminder every time they spoke that name that uh, he, what he had promised them and what he had covenanted with them. And he deserved to be praised because of that, if for no other reason. And people encouraged the priests to lift up their hands in praise to the Lord. And Baptists don't do a lot of, uh, of hand-raising uh, because they, they're afraid that if they do it too much, they'll somehow get uh, the Pentecostal bug. Uh, but, you know, somehow it will come over them and such. And so they don't do a lot of hand-raising, but it, it's clearly all throughout Scripture. And uh, I was at a, a conference uh, a couple years ago when I went to California to visit it, uh, when I was here. And I uh, went to a conference, and I, I noticed the choir was singing, a very large choir, probably 150, 200 people in this choir, I'm guessing. Um, and it's a huge choir. And uh, as they were singing, I was a little taken aback at first, uh, not in a bad way, but I was just surprised to see uh, 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 somebody raise their hand as they were singing the choir song. We get so stoic, you know, sometimes whenever they think it's everything. But obviously the song was connecting to them, you know, and they, it, the natural reaction for them was to praise the Lord while they were singing, doing what they were supposed to be doing, praising the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that that's a shock to see, you know, uh, but it is. And the uh, Bible uh, mentions it on purpose because it's important. It's a sign of surrender. If it's heartfelt and sincere, not planned hand-raising while you worship. Uh, it always bothered me whenever I was at some other church or something like that. They say, everybody raise your hands and praise the Lord. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's not really praise. I mean, that's you know, just 
planned thing, or you just do it so others can see you and say, wow, they're spiritual, <laughs> you know? and stuff like that. You can, you can tell. I mean, <laughs> you can just tell. Uh, but if it's a, sign, a surrender to God and just a praise to God, you know, something about an open hand. You're not holding anything back. You're not uh, hold, doing anything else. It uh, reminded me of the song, the, song in, the verse in Rock of Ages, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. You know, every believer ought to encourage their pastor in the work and uh, encourage them to praise the Lord uh, and because the Lord deserves to be praised. And it's easy to see them as the example and think of them more than human and faulty. Uh, but pastors, like it, uh, any human, needs encouragement and uplifting. And one of Satan's most effective weapons is discouragement. And just a simple word of encouragement, a note sent in the mail or placed on my desk or goes, uh, or however that is, goes, it goes a long ways uh, for your, keep your pastor from falling into the pit, pit of discouragement. I thank God for those who write me notes and send me cards in the mail and, and I, you know, I get them on a fairly regular basis and I pray, praise the Lord for that. Uh, you know, but uh, I'm not, so I'm not preaching this to get more notes, okay? Uh, this is just what the Lord laid on my heart as we read this sermon. Uh, but a simple word, or uh, as you go out the door, or a note, or uh, costs very little, uh, but it can make such a difference. Uh, Romans 14, 19 says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and the things where, wherewith one may edify one another. And uh, we edify one another as we come to church. And that ought to be our purpose as we come. Not to receive, not to give me, give me, give me. That's where, why we have so many pew potatoes out there. You know, they don't do anything. No, but we need to give so that we can receive. And, uh, you know, we need to edify one another. And Paul told the church at Rome in Romans 15, 30. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, <coughs> and for the love of the Spirit, <coughs> that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. He's begging them for their prayers and beseeching them for their prayers. And if the Apostle Paul needed the church's prayer, how much more do I need it? Amen? Uh, you know, and how much more do the other pastors need it? How much do each of us sitting in the pews need it? You know, the ministry has many rewards, but it also has many challenges. And uh, so we need it. Let's lift each other up in prayer, uh, in word and in action, every chance that we get. And lift me as your pastor, and I'll lift you as the royal priesthood of God, and lift each other up in prayer. And then verse number three, we see the not only encourage them to praise the Lord, but we ask God to bless them as well. The Lord, verse number three, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. The first two verses were the challenge to the priest to keep blessing the Lord, and now uh, it is turned to ask God to bless them. And there are, two, there are some who believe that this last verse was a response from the priests uh, to the encouragement of the people, and uh, others believe that it was a request from the people for God to bless his servant as they left. And either way, it doesn't really matter uh, who's speaking to who, uh, but it would be appropriate and right for, to pray these prayers in both directions. Uh, ask the Lord to bless them so, and uh, as we leave and go our separate ways. But God's minister should pray for God's blessings on his people too. God's people should pray to the Lord for their spiritual leaders. And their request is made to the Lord, Yahweh, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Uh, Yahweh, Jehovah, the covenant name of God. 
a reminder of the promises that he made to his people and the praying to the God who keeps his promises, who know, they know keeps his promises, that God would give blessing to them. And whoever is praying this prayer, uh, they pray that God who has promised to take care of us and has coveted to keep us will bless them. And secondly, the speaker not only invokes the covenant name of God, but invokes his omnipotent power, specifically the creative power of God, the Lord who made heaven and earth. The power that went behind creation to create all of this around us, the one who has the power to speak you and everything around you into existence is the same God who has the power to bless his servant, whoever they may be, the pastor or the people. And faithful pastors covet the prayers of their people. Over and over, Paul asked the people to pray for him. In Romans 15, 30, I think I just read this one, but now I beseech you, brethren, uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers for God, to God for me. And that striving together in your prayers. Boy, there's, the emphasis there is the struggle and the, the, the fervent prayers. Ephesians 6, 19 says, And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. He specifically, in the previous verse, he had just mentioned that this is what he wanted them to pray. Philippians 1, 19 says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of, the, of Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 25, he says, Brethren, pray for us. Second uh, Thessalonians 3.1, he says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. <coughs> over and over and over again, Paul, the greatest Christian who's ever lived, asked for prayer and coveted the prayer of God's people. How much more does your pastor, faulty and limited and far from the greatest Christian who has ever lived, need your prayer? Set aside time each day to remind yourself to pray for your pastor. Uh, set an alarm on your phone at a certain time, uh, you know, maybe 7.09, my birthday, uh, July 9th. My birthday, July the 9th. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever time works for you. Uh, A.m. or P.M. And that, that alarm goes off and you say, just say a quick prayer for your pastor. Pick something specific to pray. And, uh, you know, to set it off and just, just pray something for, for your pastor. Uh, and pray that God will keep me clean from sin. Uh, pray that God will keep the devil and his demons from attacking me. Uh, pray that God, uh, that God will give me the strength to weather the attacks when he, God does see fit to allow them to attack me. Uh, pray that my family will stay well and close to the Lord. Uh, pray that all of our needs will be met so that we can remain undistracted from serving the Lord and serving this church, serving you. And pray that your pastor would fear God and not man and always do the right thing without fearing what others might think about it. And pray that I'll have wisdom in God's word, that I'll rightly divide the word of God and have clarity in how to present God's word in a clear fashion. And pray that I'll love my family and be the kind of husband and father that I ought to be. Pray that God will, would help me grow closer to him and more like him every day. And pray that God would help me to love you more and in the right way, the kind of way that you need me to love you. 
and have wisdom on how to serve you better. And pray that God would help me rest and pull away to have time of rest and have wisdom in doing that. So much more. There's so much more that you can pray for. And commit to God to pray for me. I covet your prayers. And just as the servants here, as they left the festivals in their song of, last song of degree, blessed, asked God's blessing upon them and, uh, and uh, encouraged them to bless the Lord and then asked God to bless them. Uh, we need to do the same thing for each other. Secondly, commit to encouraging your pastor. Uh, faithful attendance is a big way that you can encourage your pastor. <laughs> there's nothing more discouraging, and I'll just be honest here and transparent. There's nothing more, and you know, there's people can't help but miss. I'm not, I'm not chastising anyone. Don't think that I am. But there's nothing more discouraging than whenever I study for a sermon, and uh, I know the heartache that some people are going through. And I said, this is, this is. They, you know, this is something that everyone needs, and this this person is struggling here. They really could use this, and look, and they're not here, <laughs> you know. And there's nothing more discouraging, you know. And it can't be helped sometimes, but sometimes it can. <laughs> and sometimes we're just tired. And believe me, I know. I didn't want to come tonight. <laughs> I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I have to be here. But I, I sat on the couch. I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't want to go. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to go. But I knew God had, had uh, prepared for my heart, and I knew that I needed to be here. And I knew God needed me to be here, and I knew that I needed to be here. And I'm leaving more challenged and better than I came. And it's the same thing for all of us. How many times do we not feel like going, and we go anyways, and we say, man, I really would have missed something. Well, duh, the devil knows. And he's going to fight you harder on those days than any other time. If, God, if you feel like you're not going to go, he's like, whoa, nice try, devil. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I'm going to go anyways. Just be faithful. You know, giving words of encouragement, not just to me, but to each other. See the opportunities and use them to encourage one another. Send a note, send an email, send a text message, and encourage each other to lift each other up, encourage people to stay faithful to the Lord. Read a Bible verse, and, and man, boy, that jumps out at me for some reason. Sometimes I'll read a verse, and it jumps out at me, and I'll be like, I have no idea why that song jumps out at me. It doesn't really fit anything I'm struggling with, but for some reason, that means something. And, you know, and I'll, then throughout the day, something will happen. I'll be like, that's why. <laughs> you know, I'll say, that's the verse for this. You know, something jumps out. You say, Lord, who needs that? You know, and text it to them. Just send a random, no explanation, just send them a verse. Or say, I have no idea why I'm sending this to you, but I'm sending it to you. Here you go. <laughs> I always hate it whenever it does mean something to me. And I'm like, man, this is so good. Wow, this verse is amazing. And I go to show someone, look at this verse. And they're like, yeah. What do you mean, yeah? <laughs> That's amazing. You know, and it, you know, it's the Holy Spirit. He, he's speaking to you. It's the rhema of God's word. And he's, he's applying it directly to you for your need. And of course it means something to you because you needed it. And it uh, doesn't mean you shouldn't share it to someone else because you never know when someone else is going to need it. Uh, but send an email, send a text, send a note, uh, give a call, whatever it takes. Be faithful to encourage each other. And all of this, let's not forget to do the same thing for your pastor and encourage us and strengthen him, uh, knowing that the devil wants me to fail and the devil wants me to stop. The devil wants me to quit. The average stay of a pastor used to be five years. Uh, the, now the average stay of a pastor is three years. 
you know, and there are, uh, last, I, last I heard, there were over 3,000 Baptist churches without pastors right now uh, in America. And, uh, you know, it's a generalized number, so it could even be more than that. Uh, people are leaving the church. I can't remember the number that I said. This is every denomination, but I, it was something like 2,000, I think it was 2,000 pastors a month leave the pulpit and resign their church. 2,000 a month. No wonder we're losing. Amen. And uh, no wonder we're having so many p churches closed down because they can't find a pastor to lead them. And uh, those who have, uh, you know, served for so many years just get discouraged and uh, start to go down. And I'm doing okay. I didn't feel like coming today, but I'm doing okay. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there may be a day when I'm not brave enough to pre preach this sermon. And I put on the mask and say, I'm, I'm fine, <laughs> you know, but I'm not fine. And uh, so listen to the Holy Spirit and obey the Holy Spirit and pray for one another, encourage one another, edify one another, and ask the Lord to bless one another. It's so important. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. What powerful verses. The second shortest verse in the psalm, psalm in the uh, chapter in Psalms. Uh, you know, and it's yet so powerful. It has so much to say. We need to be faithful to obey it. Well, let's take a look at our prayer sheet here.